You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. (laughs) (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, when we start recording, (laughs) we usually do like a little, like five seconds of dead air. Because then it gives us like some some test tone. So if we ever have to cut something out, we can put the dead air in. But everybody here couldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is what happens. So I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. And this is Live Wild Radio. And uh, tonight's episode is one where first we had the food. And then, the drinks. And then we had the drinks. And then the electronics came out. <laughs> And the food was fantastic, right? It really was. It actually was. Excellent. It was very, very good. Um, The beer was good. The wine was good. Company was good. Yeah. All good. And we realized we were telling too many good, funny stories. That we should have started recording (laughs) earlier. So now we are here uh, with Alyssa and Eric. So tell us about yourself. Who starts? Alyssa does, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we met through climbing, actually. That's our main sport our main passion our main way of adventuring how long ago i think it's been about three years we met april 19th (laughs) 2017 i think that's right i think so any any of these commercials that (laughs) that painted that the guy can't ever remember at climbers rock he probably remembers better than i do yeah so now i don't remember how we met but you know (laughs) uh, but that's okay you know i'm i'm maintaining the stereotype but yeah, so we met through climbing. That's the thing we love. Um, I deal with a lot of fear and anxiety, and climbing's been this way to fight through those fears and meet awesome people, awesome community, get outdoors, which I also love. And I mean, we also hike. Then we got obsessed with van life, basically from a trip to Iceland where we rented a camper van because it was the cheapest option to go and see all of the landscape came home we're watching every single van life video on youtube not even watching tv or netflix anymore and then all of a sudden we were able to get a van we got one started building it and how long ago did you get the van it was right at the end of march this year and you guys have like a ford transit we have a ford 2018 ford transit long wheelbase high roof variant so so basically it's a plumber's van pretty much essentially yeah 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 and you, that for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> any generic trade person would be using this. Van. Yeah. So it what used to be your sort of a Ford Econoline van. They went, you know what? These are really shitty. You can't stand up in them, and they made them taller. But <laughs> unlike a cube van, but putting like a fiberglass box on the back, which mm-hmm. you look at funny and it breaks, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of a shit in the aerodynamically as far as <laughs> wind goes. They made these new. You know, and this is probably like the last 15 years, they made these new construction tradesperson, ele- electrician, plumber vans. Mm-hmm. And then somebody went, you know what, if uh, I put a little bed in the bed, <laughs> I can sleep in that. <laughs> I can sleep in this. <laughs> and hashtag somebody. van life was born. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and went viral. Yeah, because oh, pretty much. Because it's much easier to buy a used like trade van. Mm-hmm. And do a bunch of work yourself. Uh, then spend $120,000 or more oh, yeah. on some Mercedes Sprinter 
done by Winnebago. <laughs> so what does this van cost? This is a pretty new van. So it was about $35,000 um, after taxes. Okay. But it's a 2018, still got factory warranty on it. Um, but yes, there are cheaper alternatives. The Sprinter van is a very popular one, being the mm-hmm. fact that you can purchase older models with higher mileage. You could probably get, I saw one around seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000, but no warranty. It could break any time. So the Ford Transit was a lot more appealing to me just, just on the reliability aspect. Well, and it's got the highest roof. I'm six foot two, so. That's a big deal. So we obviously are less mm-hmm. risk averse that way. Yeah. And resale value. <laughs> this is like, we could sell this thing at any point yeah. and get back probably what we spent on yeah. it. And so um, tell us about um, what, what are your aspirations? Is that too early in the conversation? It really is. No, like no. You, so forget, forget about casual, like, you know, working, you know, like, it's just like, your mom died. How do you feel? <laughs> Way to go, Catherine. <laughs> no, no. At, at this point, we want to have a vehicle to have fun in and go on weekend trips, go on week-long trips, just something that is more convenient than camping. Well, see, and it's funny, like, because think about when we were kids. Did you ever see any of those vans that had the bed in the back and like like the airbrushed, you know, kind of scene on the side of it? Oh, yeah. And now what we have is like people have brought that back, right? You have a bed. Now you might have a fridge and a stove and, you know. It's water jet. Right. But the outsides are boring as fuck. Because it's stealthy. Right. I know they're doing like... Now, if it, if you had like like a like a barbarian girl with a sword and a fur bikini <laughs> airbrushed on the side, that still wouldn't say that it's a camper. No, it wouldn't. It's true. I just remember seeing. I remember seeing just a like a like a bed, and it was a, or not <laughs> a, a bed, shag but, bed. Yeah, like a shag van back in the day, and it had like the airbrush thing on it, and it had a water bed in the back. <laughs> Slept in a water bed? Yeah, my brother had one for years. Uh, now, imagine yeah. drive- <laughs> now imagine driving in one where it's just like sloshing <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> so that was what the camper van was like in the 80s. Yeah, the VW. Well, no, that's a whole, the, the West Valley is sort of a, a legit, they, that was the early outdoorsy. It was people. a European version, yeah, essentially. The, and when they came over here, that was like outdoorsy people before outdoorsy people were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, advertising <laughs> that they are outdoorsy people because they yeah. drive a VW Westphalia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, then then about 10 years later, th- then you'd have people with the Westphalia and it was an advertisement of like, it's kind of like almost punk rock, you know, where, where, you know, back in high school, you'd wear, you know, your Misfits t-shirt mm-hmm. and nobody knew what that band was, but you did, so you were cool. Um, <laughs> having a Westphalia in your head, it's like, I'm an outdoorsy person, I have a camper van, I'm cool. And now, you know, it's become a thing where it's like, no, no, it's just way better to, like, whatever you're doing, just go get in bed than, like, have to set up a fucking tent and, and it's, it's wet and it's cold. Exactly. And, Who wants to do that? <laughs> you know, and, and so so I think what we run into, because it, it's very popular among millennials. Oh, yeah. Right? And I think we almost have a time warp weird kind of, like, uh, uh, Freaky Friday thing going on, you know, where you get the... Reincarnation. Well, I'm more about the, the, the body switching, you know, like mm-hmm. if you ever watch the, you know, yeah, the Disney movies, whatever. But think of it like this way, because who, like the, the RV camper, who was it super popular with? Super old people. Yeah, that's true. Actually, all of the people who have commented on our van who have RVs are old guys. Yeah, yeah. retired people that, yeah. that yeah. have the time to go out and drive, 
indefinitely, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so what we, we've run into is almost that Freaky Friday situation of people who are way, way, way younger, not anywhere close to retirement, going, yeah, what they're doing, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So what inspired this for you guys? We've tried they, to they, think they about this. They went to Iceland, didn't you? The listen? Iceland. Than, it was the Iceland other trip. Other than that, I don't know what inspired it. Did we talk about that here on yeah, the, the podcast? The, the, yeah. yeah. The, the Iceland bo- trip exposed <laughs> us to... <laughs> To living in a vehicle for about a week. I'm just like completely <laughs> like. And then, and then, and then we caught wind of the whole hashtag van life. We didn't know anything about it before, mm. and then we saw it, and we saw oh, this is super cool. Look at all these amazing conversions people have done themselves, and then just got kind of addicted to these videos, and then figured, hey, we should do this. We have a lifestyle that we're we're into climbing and hiking, mm. and we love traveling nice. on a budget whenever we can. And yeah. this would fit in perfectly with our uh, our goals of just getting to see the world nice. um, on our terms whenever we want, and the convenience of pulling into a campsite or a street or wherever, and not having to do anything beyond get out of the driver's seat and hop into bed, <laughs> pretty much. That, and I mean, you've been doing woodworking for a while. Our entire basement's a workshop. Yes. You're an engineer. Yeah, I'm an engineer. I like Definitely wood- woodworking. Definitely appealing to you. <laughs> I like constructing things. Yeah, if you didn't, cool. if you didn't put all that aspect. education to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I made a thing. <laughs> yes, the the project aspect of building out the van was also very appealing. You know, and because it's, it's been fun. Well, because that's the thing. Like, if you you obviously sort of have like a corporate job where you work for a company, mm-hmm. and you probably don't get to ever like actually, you know, go from I have an idea and then I'm gonna like actually fully make a thing. You know, it's all Rarely. part of like a big yeah. team, all that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. There, there, there's something about going from like, you know, concept to completion, if that's some sort of corporate buzzword, but doing it all yourself, that, that it's like, I don't know, might not be perfectly square, but I did it. <laughs> oh, believe me, Alyssa will tell me when, when things are not perfectly square. <laughs> well, you I'm know. the quality control here. <laughs> but I, and I only say that just because I'm... Uh, very much when it comes to any kind of construction, a good enough guy. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. It, it, it doesn't have to be pretty. It's just got to be good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's perfectly that's, fine for a van. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the way I would tend to end up doing it. Where you know, this is why like home decor would never be my thing. Where you know, it's like, <laughs> eh, it's fine. <laughs> You realize this is a podcast, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Captain's gone. We lost her. <laughs> You're just sitting there looking at me, nodding your head, like the listeners are going to hear that. <laughs> we need that. We need a nod your head sound. <laughs> Push the button for the nod head sound. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a spring squeak. Hey, I'm 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 being present. <laughs> oh, sh- fully present. You always complain that I ask too many questions too quickly. I'm listening. You've already done that, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask us a question. <laughs> no. Oh, now, now it's like interview the podcaster. <laughs> yeah, why aren't you guys living the van life? What's going on? <laughs> I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> kids wreck everything. Hey, we've seen, we've seen videos of, of vans that have, what, three kids? Two adults, three kids. Oh, and you know, you know what? You know, you know what's happening at that point. Mama and Daddy ain't never getting laid. 
That's probably true too. <laughs> <Send> <laughs> kids out on a hike for a couple hours and you're good. <laughs> you kick your kids out. You put the don't come knocking if the van is rocking. You can lock the doors. It's pretty easy, you know. Ma, get leash. <laughs> they don't go anywhere. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Mom, mom, I'm hungry. <laughs> Drop some cookies. The kids will just. <laughs> that'll give you the five minutes Dad needs. <laughs> so, but that that. I think that's a big reason. Like my life has been almost like this the personally like this up and down roller coaster as far as how much time I spend with the adventure because when I was young I did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I've hiked the Appalachian Trail, I've gone and lived in the woods for a year, blah 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 blah. And then it's like, you know, then sort of grown up be shit for a while and you know, cuz university and all these things and then you get the Okay, I tried being an adult. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> so now now we're we're steadily working our life towards less and less adulting. This whole podcast is going to be about millennials taking over the world. <laughs> well, but that's but you know it's so funny. Like we we kind of have like the not old people but older people on this side of the table and younger people <laughs> on that side of the table. Um, when I was a kid, older people were always like, "You kids, da 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 da." Now that I'm one of the older people, it's like. Yeah, the shit you're doing is pretty cool. Oh, totally. Like, I see that in the business world. I love it. I like yeah, people like, are way more authentic. It's like, wait, I'm not going to work myself to death. I want like a bit of a balance between working and... Although, uh, around the age of 30, I found... That's when I had my midlife crisis. I found that people were very Because you're only going to live to 60. <laughs> <laughs> I found that people um, were really driven, you know, to achieve their lifetime accomplishments. Like, I, I was only five years out of university at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, did you have your kids? Did you have your senior level positions like anyways i find that people are often very driven and then eventually as you get older you start to realize especially as people pass away right what matters well i mean i think our perspective is you see or we'd see past generations wait till retirement to go on the trips and do stuff like that and if you're adventurous you're not waiting till retirement to go on these awesome trips when you can barely walk anymore totally like it's not realistic So we very much plan mini retirements almost in a way, like as many trips as we can pack in the year. And they don't have to be expensive. You could just drive, go to Mount Marcy, hike up, you spend the weekend there and you head back. Like they're these mini trips usually or finding really good deals. Like when we went to Iceland, I think we spent... $500 $500 total for both of us to go. Oh, really? What the time flight, of the year? Yeah. I that, mean, Iceland that. itself, incredibly expensive. Yeah. But to fly over. So you can it do it. It was May. It was May yeah. of last year. I think so. Yeah. And see, this is why we keep going to Vegas. <laughs> for the two well, of us round trip. Yeah. We've, we've discovered those cheap flights to Vegas, too. <laughs> it's like wherever you want to jump off to. Because we, we, we is it two something the ones that you're looking at right now like two something American yeah through Swoop you can get flights for ninety nine bucks with Swoop but they're usually very specific days yeah, yeah. it might not be convenient no. you get ones that are sixty nine dollars one way from London Ontario to Vegas oh, wow. okay I'll like, go back to the drawing board for all the London no but that, I think it's a bit more it. expensive coming back Vegas to London so they might get you there a bit yeah but. yeah I'm trying to make use of the Easter holiday. Mm-hmm. So I get two days off. So that's what we do. Every holiday we're gone. Yeah. That's the thing. Become a climber. Mm-hmm. Go to Kentucky. And that's well, what we do in Easter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, nice. We're, we're, okay. we're going to the red in November. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's it basically because it's nine hours south of here. And if you look at the temperature we have right now, in a few works, that'll be about the same temperature they have. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I can climb in this just fine. 
great climbing weather. You know, she can lay in a puffy and then, you know, put some <laughs> hand warmers in her chalk bag. <laughs> my butt. I've been my doing underwear. that for the last five years, pretty much. Yeah. April and October and November. Yeah, yeah like the, the, because as long as it's not raining. Yeah, you're good. I actually prefer the teens. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's beautiful. You know, and last year, like, literally, we were climbing in the DAX at two, the high of the day was two Celsius. We drove down, so I'm fucking climbing. <laughs> so, when did you guys start climbing? I started climbing probably six years ago. Alyssa, three years ago? Yeah, about three. Yeah. Mainly indoor. I started indoor, but pretty quickly <laughs> progressed to outdoor. I discovered the, the escarpment, Niagara, or uh, Rattlesnake Point, uh, Mount Nemo, and took some lessons. So, I got some top rope experience, some some lead experience and then took that back into the gym and did a lot more gym climbing like four or five times a week for probably a year um and see that's a climbing is one of the sports when you go uh wait i'm tall and i'm thin i found something i'm good at <laughs> oh yeah it's like He's great it's either climbing or like long distance running yeah i was climbing five tens pretty much day one yeah yeah. Oh wow! At five feet yeah. short, not my experience. But <laughs> no, but that—that's the thing. It's like women, and especially women that are shorter, or obviously guys that are shorter as well. Um, if you just take the the advice of Lynn Hill, uh, what's her height? Five two. Yeah, or five one, something around there. Yeah. You know, her thing is like get stronger and feet higher. <laughs> yeah, you just need to be stronger and have better technique. That's yeah. all. You know, <laughs> no big deal. You know, whereas when you're tall, it's like. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> you just reach for something and you get it. I, I'm not tall. Mm. I'm not short. I'm just sort of that, you know, blah, middle. Yeah. You know, and I'm fine. Probably the perfect height. Mm, I'd say, like, I, 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 when you look, like, Honold's 5'11", uh, Andre's 5'11", I think Tommy's like 6'1". Uh, you know, now Jonathan Segrist is a wee fellow, and he's climbing 5'15". Sean McCall? Yeah. He's but on he, the shorter side. Yeah, but he's yeah. still like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, uh, so, yeah, like it, it's one of those things where if you're a little shorter, you throw for stuff more. Mm-hmm. Where when you're a little taller and you got that wingspan of a condor, you just sort of just reach and like, oh, I got it. It's so, <laughs> you it's so annoying. So annoying. <laughs> you know. And But here, this will be the one saving grace is that they're all going to be shitty at bench press. <laughs> like that, that high school show off thing of doing a big bench press. If you've got short arms, you, you don't have to move the weight as fast. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It yeah. does well for you. So, you know, there's, there's always pluses and minuses to these things. Like whatever, whatever weird ass body you have, you know, it's almost like we need that Soviet athletic system back in the day where they take the children and go, okay, you're going over here because you're built for it. And you're going over here because you're built for it. And then you end up with like, you know, the, these freak athletes. You know, when you add on all the Soviet steroids. Uh, <laughs> that helps. Yeah. You know, because it's one of those things. You wouldn't be any taller, but your voice would be two octaves lower. And <laughs> you'd be jacked as shit. <laughs> I, I have no problem climbing because <laughs> if you can't reach, you just feet higher and throw for everything. It's a more dynamic method. And that's how the Russians did it. You know, and I think that's why... Vladimir Putin looks like he does now because <laughs> the Russians just aren't killing everything. Because you know when they got busted for like all the doping in the Sochi oh, yeah. Olympics, you know 
if you've ever seen that movie Icarus. Yeah. Yes. Mm, it's really good. Pardon? I have not. You have. You sat and watched it with me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Yeah. It's one of those. Okay, so are you sure? Here's a question because you guys are a couple. Um, are you making fun of me? Now? <laughs> so when you guys watch a movie together, does oh, she yeah. fall asleep? Like a quarter she hates movies. I love movies. I will often fall asleep. He he'll fall asleep, not me. Oh, okay. If it's a movie, yeah. Did I because fall asleep in that movie? Yeah, well, you fall asleep every movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm an early bird. Well, like last night when we watched a movie, you didn't fall asleep because you, but you, you, you lost your attention span very quick. <laughs> I do have a short attention span. <laughs> I know. have a short attention span for movies. So he gets upset. He loves watching movies. I'm so not into it. And it's mm. a struggle. And I'll try to sit there and then not touch my phone well, and not do the, anything else. But the yeah, other, the other problem we have is like, we're both watching a movie for the first time. And then she's like, well, what did he mean? I was like, I fucking don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, uh, we're both being exposed to this information at the same time. I don't have like a cheat sheet to tell you what they meant. Yeah, but you're really more attentive to detail. So I thought, you know, I'm just checking. Yeah. It's like, did I miss something? Probably. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Let's stop making fun of me now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make fun. Yeah. I just tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's better. That's true. Uh, all, right, all right, all right, all right. So, Eric, you are an engineer for an aerospace company. That I am, yeah. Yes. That's so fancy sounding. It is, Why do you right? think I got into this? Was it? It was the coolest sounding job I could think of back in grade 10 yes. in, in my civics class or whatever class it was. Where you Mistake number one. Mistake number one. What's the coolest sounding career? Aerospace. <laughs> that, the, the problem is, is you don't get to go into aerospace. I think it's problem. <laughs> I don't get to go into aerospace. Yeah. Unless you sign up. What was that program years ago that people could commit their lives to? Like, oh, yeah. Some program for like... Going to space. Oh, yeah. Mars. My ex like contributed to that fund. I'm not kidding you. Really? Like, oh, yeah. And I know somebody who actually applied to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad applied as a joke and he got a really nice fancy Did rejection he? letter. He has framed <laughs> in his bar. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh. Would you want to go to space? No, because... Uh, the mountains. Well, a, it's hey, they probably have some pretty epic mountains on Mars. Gotta say, yeah, but the, the, the getting there and the zero gravity. You could climb better. <laughs> spin no. the ship, and then you got gravity. Yeah, now you've got to spin it. Yeah, you know, because unless it's fairly big, you've got to spin it really fucking fast. Like, <laughs> close to one g. Like I get there, and like I'm all weak and feeble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's why the the astronauts actually do their exercises and all that shit. Yeah, they and have they to work s- out there, and they still come back with like bone density of like elderly people. <laughs> yeah, I like having like I when the, when I broke my shoulder and I got my X-rays, you know, in the ER, and the little little Korean doctor said, you know, <laughs> oh my god, if it happened to me, I break in half. You bit like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I like. See, I've never done that impression. She keeps waiting for me to do it on air, so I thought I'd do it this time. There you go. You're welcome. It was like, I, like I literally had Tom Vu, the the you know infomercial guy, as a doctor. You think these girls with me because I'm rich? Or no, it's because I'm sexy. No, it's because I'm rich. Your girls, you got rich too. That's Tom Vu. Like you can find his commercials if you. 
He's probably in jail because it was all like a multi-level marketing scheme. But it was very funny. You know, like oh, I would just sit man. and like, like there's nothing like, you know, eating, you know, like a pot brownie <laughs> and watching like late night infomercials. You know, whether it's the ShamWow guy, like Vince. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, one eye's bigger than the other. It's like, you know, kind of looks like a discount Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> and then you have uh, uh, the guy with, like, the slap chop. Actually, I think that was Vince, too. Yeah, that was Vince. He's you know? a lot. <laughs> and then, then Vince got, like, arrested for, like... Um, he, he beat a hooker or something well, like that, wasn't it? Well, because I think because he found out the, hook, the hooker had a penis. And then oh. and then he didn't want it. And then she got mad and swung at him because he wouldn't pay or something. Because, you know, he's like, I'm not into this. And then, then he bit her on the lip or some weird, you know. It's exactly what you would expect from an info. <laughs> kind of is. Yeah. So, like, literally, like, watching all the late night infomercials. Yeah. You know, especially like when it gets to be two, three in the morning <laughs> on like just when that pot brownie is just kicking in <laughs> and you're just like, I think I must live in the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, so I'm just saying. Just saying. Okay. Tell us about your world, Melissa. My world. We yes. haven't finished with his world yet. <laughs> yeah. Let's finish with yeah, it. Finish with your world. <laughs> What's so what, specifically about my world? So what, uh, basically, we, you told us earlier what you do, but what do you do? I design. I design. First of all, I don't have anything to do with space, even though I'm an aerospace engineer. Okay. You're, you're an aero engineer. I'm, a, I'm an aeronautical engineer. Okay. And I design landing gear for airplanes. So I'm pretty much in front of a computer all day, working with CAD models, doing drawings. Um, not exactly an outdoor. Do you ever say oops? Do I ever say oops? <laughs> Why do you? That, that's why we have this many is my, revisions. This is my fear of flying sometimes these days. All right, anyway, go on. But no, we do a lot of testing, so any any oops will be discovered in the testing phases. Okay. When I guess you're except company, for that last plane that had all those problems, but oh, that was software issue. Yeah, because yeah, was it the? Because that was like the the seven oh seven. That was the seven forty seven. Oh, seven. What was that? 737 Max. 737 Max. Yeah. 737 yeah. Max. First, never trust that's anything not landing, that... That's not landing gear, though. No, that's, that's just the whole, the whole that's thing. That's the airplane. Um, never trust anything that has Max in the title. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mountain Dew Max, okay? That's the nectar of the tards. Do not drink them. <laughs> like, something that looks like some sort of, like, weird, you know, barium enema stuff that's going to be for, like, image radiant, you know, like, like uh, they're going to stick up your butt so they can, like, scan your system. <laughs> Yeah, it's a concerning color for sure. You shouldn't be yeah. putting that in you. Like nothing, Max, Pepsi Max. <laughs> fuck off with that. So first, no planes named Max that you should fly in. <laughs> and if you, if you, if you make a plane, don't make it optional to have the uh, the software that makes it actually work, because then they'll go. It's okay. We won't get it. It's like those disclaimers, you know, those waivers when you have to sign up for something. Everybody says, did you read it? Did you accept it? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I read it all. Um, Except. Let's get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, life and like day job is... Uh, is an engineer. Yeah. yeah. Full-time engineer for the last uh, eight and a half years, I believe. And you find it fulfilling? 
I find it fulfilling some of the time, but not all the time. And I do find that I, I work to live. I, it pays the bills and it pays for the vacations and the adventures that we get to go on, but it's not as fulfilling as I'd like it to be. Yeah. Oh, which I'm sure a lot of people are in that situation. Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> yeah, most of the population. You know, well, and that that's uh, when I was young, I was, and uh, I, we probably have no young people, no teenagers in high school, you know, before they've committed to things listening to this podcast. So tell this to your children if you, if you listen. Um, if something stops being fun, stop doing it. Like, <laughs> Seriously, like when I was young, somebody like got out of the head of only do shit you like to do because you only have so much time. So if you don't like what you do, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and it was interesting because they said, listen, there's lots of ways to make money. Like there's a lot of money out there. Uh, and this is even before the internet. Okay. Now there's way lots more ways. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but but that idea of if you spend a third of your day waiting for that third to be over, <laughs> right? Going, oh, hmm, it's going to be <laughs> almost five o'clock. Counting the hours, yeah. Yeah, like what are you doing? You know, like like find those things that that are, you know, like like you you pop out of bed excited to go to work in the morning, and that that's sort of the thing that I've kind of done with my life is like I've run a bunch of different businesses and it's always shit that I love to do. And when I stopped liking it, I sold it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and obviously on any given day, there'll be the shit you don't like to do. For sure. Right. You've got to do that. But if what you do doesn't excite you, develop a plan so that you can actually have a life that excites you. you Absolutely. Know? And if you really hate what you're doing, like there's a big cost to that. Not just the time you're there, oh, yeah. but just how it drains you emotionally. Well, and for it, sure. And I'm convinced it does some bad wiring to your brain. Oh yeah. Right. Because one of the things uh, that Catherine and I talk about a lot is just how when you when you do new things or you do things that scare you, you actually get new neural pathways in the brain. Um, well, if you do something that sucks the life out of you. Well, that's gotta like if you if doing something new creates new neural pathways, doing something that makes you feel dead inside. I'm not saying your job, <laughs> you know. I'm talking big picture here. <laughs> As the table goes flying, <laughs> sorry. I just thought I should make that caveat, you know, because we, we sort of segued from you know Eric's job. Um, it sort of started me down a little a little path. Yeah. Uh, but but that <laughs> see it's important in a relationship to be able to make the person you're with laugh, you know. And I, I I've never found any research done on this yet. Um, but there has to be some sort of change that happens to you if every day is just uh, and you're just doing going through you know the motions you have to, and the only reason you're doing it is uh, I got to trade some of my time for some money so I got food I gotta ask the question because yeah. growing up um, I feel like there's a lot of stress in society about the right job house status kids. oh yeah and you're Portuguese so you had to have a living room with plastic on the furniture oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but especially I, I do recall um, you know my my directors above me and everybody was that from that generation 
very uptight for sure <laughs> you know all about the networking and the playing golf and doing the things that you don't like mm-hmm. the things that you sell your soul to do the things just to get ahead mm-hmm. with your generation do you find just people that you've talked to in the cultures that you've in the environments you've been in, is it that same environment or has it changed my environment definitely is it's still a lot is older it? demographic okay um having that personal life balance is is less of a priority for Mm -hmm. sure and i mean on my side for example like i have a master's in industrial organizational psychology and i remember one thing our professors would talk about incessantly was the need for work-life balance Mm -hmm. and in that field it's a big fancy word but essentially it's just psychology at work um you know a big thing we study is work-life balance and making sure you don't burn out and all of this stuff. And they would tell us how important it was. It was a big part of our lessons, yet they would also recognize we can't follow this and we're going to push you to do stuff that is not going to give you that balance, but we can't help it because it's so ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely a pushback against it with all of us who are younger. And I had an interesting experience of going to Europe for two weeks to be a part of their master's program, same kind of equivalent field. And it was interesting. The complaints were exactly the same. The students had a time to voice how they felt about the program. Yeah. And I got to sit in as an observer. And they outright said to their professors, it feels like you give us work just to break us down. And the professors didn't feel that way. They felt like, oh, we're just preparing you for the work world and getting ahead and striving and all Mm. of these things you need to do. But that was not the perspective that anyone of our age had, that that's what it should be. It felt more like you should love what you're doing. You should be passionate. Yeah, there's going to be hard days. There's going to be times you put in, you pull all-nighters. That happens. But at least most of the time, you should feel like you're getting something out of it, like there's some purpose, like you're doing some good. Mm -hmm. And even if the professors could recognize that and understand it from a, a kind of more academic level, it just, the culture, it was different. And you saw that kind of bashing up against each other, which I thought was fascinating because I thought, oh, maybe it's just us, but no. Well, I think that's one of the fascinating things is that we have um, almost this illustration that culture dictates almost everything we do, but we each have our own culture, Mm -hmm. right? And culture is one of those things that's almost ingrained if not in the DNA, in the at least epigenetics, you know, with the expression yep. of the DNA. So you run into the thing where as time goes on, um, and, and and probably explains a lot of the, the cultural or generational thing of old people going, these kids today, <laughs> right? Is that idea of the cultures that come after us are going to be different. Right. Because if they're not like if they're not adapting to the changing environment, like species that don't adapt die. But people who've stopped adapting fear change. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you see things different than you, like and in a sense, it almost covers um, whether it's politics or or, you know, all of these broader social issues. Uh you know, you like so many things come down to, I don't get that, so I'm afraid, mm-hmm. right? And I don't like it, right? Because it's different, and I don't know what it is, right? Like, y- people that are homophobic, it's not that anybody's looking at you going, you're mighty fine looking, I'm coming for you. 
you know, it's more just that's weird to me. Right. And I don't want to see things that are weird to me mm-hmm. or or, you know, obviously we're basically like trans is much more, you know, apparent or aware now like people are seeing that so now you're you're running into the thing of like i just got used to gays now what are you doing right like it, it, it's almost one of these things where um and before that it was like women can work okay i got used to that right like you know but it's each of these cultural shifts that just slowly happen mm-hmm. and people people want things not to change because change is scary oh yeah right for and it to take a sort of weird little side tangent um for a portion of the population because then there's the 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 those of us that get bored really easily and i think this is why you know as somebody who's uh not young anymore but i find hanging around with young people awesome there's a vibrant thinking going on whereas most people my age it's like oh i'm too old for that i'm too fuck you like it's so true. You're not dead. You're not too old for anything. No. You know, it, and it, it's, it's, this is what I find fascinating is that you guys have identified this as an important thing at an early age that I wish I had done the same. I think the spirit was always there. It was just, I was in a partnership with somebody different and they had different objectives and that, and that was fine. Right. But, um, there's a new attitude, there's a new fearlessness and there's a, a but, and then while this work-life balance, the work-life balance in particular, I'm all over. Mm-hmm. And I, I find overall the attitude of millennials and even those that are in CEO positions are very successful. It's way more informal, way more authentic. Mm-hmm. They're hard workers. They are fearless. They will adapt Except for to Mark change. Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> that, di- that dude is fake as shit. <laughs> I think he actually might be a robot. <laughs> But, but overall, the people I see around me, they do have this sense of go-getter attitude and it doesn't have to be perfect. And definitely the workforce of the future that people talk about where people don't want full-time jobs, they want to consult. Mm-hmm. They can quite honestly make more money doing that. And if organizations don't get their shit together, they're going to miss out on this whole whack of talent. So I think you're not alone in this. And I think it's a whole new shift that's happening. When I talk to people my age, it's almost like they're dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my case, I co-parent. I do have the time to rediscover myself, but other people get stuck in a- I think even couples that don't, don't split up should split up just so that you, one has kids half the time, the other has kids half the time. <laughs> because quite honestly, couples that stay together are fucked. They do say they're less happy if you have kids and you're married. No, no. Or, or, or like maybe, maybe you stay together with your spouse, but you find a way that like, um, you know, you only have your kids like, two days on, two days off, and every second weekend, you'd be way happier. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe that. Maybe I'm that's... Not per, I'm not... No, because I love my kids. And yeah. Like, if I could have them more... I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I make lemonades with any situation. So. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're so fucking lying. No, it's not. It is true. Yes, you, when they're not around, you miss them, but do you, do you think if you had, like, little... Ah, 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 every night... <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't go do shit you couldn't come do stuff like this that you'd be as happy oh, I've adapted <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a really interesting question you know obviously I see the benefits of it like I would not probably have lost 40 pounds when you're married and you have kids you sometimes are very cheap we never were you know we were very cheap to find babysitters to do the things we need to do to take care of our marriage Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. 
And you and I, like, that's so important to us. And I had to for health reasons to go to the gym. And, and even when I had my kids half the time, put them in daycare and, and realized that I was going to compromise my time with. Sometimes it, you have to be in these situations of a crisis to make a big change, you know, whether it be that you've lost your job. Like, I was going through a reorg with my company and kept my job. But sometimes, or a marital breakdown or whatever, but it causes you to make a big change and, and, um, Reevaluate. We need to disturb the equilibrium. It's a good thing, actually. It is. It's like it's not comfortable when you go through it. No. Yeah. I mean, the biggest growth always <laughs> comes from the most painful moments. I mean, you don't grow when things are just going well, no. right? There's no incentive no. to. No. Like You're it, too comfortable. Exactly. Who's that guy who's a Navy SEAL? Jocko? And, no. The other one that talked about he really loves putting himself through shit because that's when you grow. And David Goggins? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the book. Almost every one of the Navy SEALs, that's the shit they... Like, if you got... Jocko will talk about it. Like, yeah, but he continues yeah. to do it yeah. after. No, and his childhood story, you listen to his audiobook, is yeah. dark. And this Real guy dark. was lost, like... He was, like, way overweight, mm-hmm. and he overcame a lot to do what he did. But the point was, is that people die, and they've left... Sn- so much on the table regarding mm-hmm. their potential. They've they'll never ever experience who they could be because they were too comfortable. Well, and a lot of times it's not comfortable. It's that the misery I'm living in is tolerable. Tolerable compared to the uh, unknown. Yeah, it's you less know? scary. You know what you're getting, even though you, know, you hate it. It's like I'm getting beaten every day, but at least I know the beating. <laughs> but I'll tell you, leaving my my marriage, the idea of can I survive? And until I worked out the numbers, actually, I'm like, I can survive. At first, I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but honestly, that was the unknown. As soon as knowledge is power, right? And as soon as you get over that mm-hmm. and you face that fear. Um, and I've, and honestly, I have way less now in my life, material things. Like I live in an apartment. Yeah, but you got a bomb ass new backpack. <laughs> I do, but, <laughs> um, but I have way less things. I can only shop honestly for clothes, value village. I kid you not. I do not do my nails anymore. I color my own hair. Like these are big changes in my oh, life. I cut my own hair. The shirt I'm wearing, I didn't buy hand me down. Yeah. Yeah. But these were super big shifts, but I've never been happier, you know? I agree. And um, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> if I had continued the life I was, say I had a really great, you know, marriage and all that, I'm spending all this money on stuff that really doesn't matter. The value really isn't there. Mm-hmm. I'm having way more fun now. Yeah. And it's a healthier lifestyle. Because when you look at people, when I looked at myself and I look at a lot of people my age, they look really old, especially when you're online dating. <laughs> you're like, you're how old? You're like, like you're 10 years older. Like, they probably Dude. are. <laughs> yeah, they might be. <laughs> Little ridden hard, put no. away wet. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's, a, that's the thing. It's like, you need to look after your telomeres. Keto diet. You do. Yeah, if you don't know what they are, then do some research, people. <laughs> it's very important to you. That's little tales at the end of your DNA, and if they get all broken off, you age quick. That's and you, right. You look like a, you know, one of them them dried up apple dolls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
So let's talk about a little bit about your your Instagram and your social, like what you're mm -hmm. advocating. Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram as Alyssa Outdoors. It started, it was just my personal Instagram. Like anyone else, I was posting the highlights of my life, the best parts. And it was actually this year, there was a turning point where I went to post a picture of Red River Gorge, Kentucky from our climbing picture or our climbing trip. I, it was a picture of a day that I had a massive panic attack, probably one of the worst panic attacks of my life. Not even on a hard climb. I was just in such a bad headspace. I completely lost it. Eric was great, but I would barely even talk to him. It must have been an hour that I was just sitting there, you know, couldn't breathe, couldn't take in anything from the world, nothing. And I had this moment where I thought, do I post this as this nice picture, these adventures we go on, or do I be honest and say, hey, I struggle. And as someone who's always been a high achiever and had a hard time asking for help, it was a scary decision. But I decided, yeah, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell what's going on with me, what I experienced. I wrote this big, long post about how I had this horrible panic attack and I thought I was the biggest failure in the world and I was convinced my life would fall apart. And I was astounded by the feedback I got from people, people I knew, people I didn't, and how much support. And it was this moment where I realized I need to be more honest about what I experience. It's not all good stuff. There's lots of good going on, but like any human, we all struggle. And especially if you're doing hard things, if you're adventuring, if you're pushing yourself, you go through a lot of dark places too, and no one talks about them enough, and you feel like you're alone, and it's a struggle. And you, the part of the struggle is feeling like you're so isolated and no one else understands. So I started talking about it more and more, I started making videos talking about it, really trying to say, if you're, if you're struggling, it doesn't matter. Like you're not alone. You can have anxiety and you're still a worthwhile human being who can do amazing things. You can achieve great stuff, but let's just talk about it more. Let's be honest. So really my mission just on my personal Instagram now, there's definitely cool pictures of outdoor adventures for sure. Cause I want to capture the wins as well. But there's also the dark side and the here, I'm struggling with this. Here's how I've dealt with this. Try this. And to really just connect and tell people like you're not alone if you're struggling. We all do. And so it's really been become an outlet for that and just speaking about anxiety. I <clears throat> say on my bio, I speak about anxiety like it's my job and I feel like I do. And it's just been awesome. Like the things I learned that people in my family who I thought were so rock solid and then they tell me, oh, I went through a phase where I had panic attacks or I've had anxiety too. And it's just amazing by being vulnerable and being authentic, how much more you connect with people. And I think we need more of that. So I try as hard as I can to to put that out there. And I think one of the things that, that people can learn is that you can still get shit done you can still sort of plug along but life is not sort of the curated wonderland that social media sort of started off as or became mm -hmm. um yeah if you do something cool you post it um uh, but if you if you're going to uh as you did where where you had that struggle of going okay i have this cool image but the image isn't true. Mm -hmm. um, do I tell the truth or not? Uh, and one of the things you find is like telling the truth 
right? You know, and I hate this phrase, but even if it's just your truth, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's like living in your truth. And it's like, I don't know. It's some millennial shit I don't get. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, is that there is fundamentally a thing where you know if you're lying. Mm-hmm. And there's a power in just standing up and telling the truth. The truth will set you free. You know, yeah. Sometimes it puts you in jail. <laughs> Another millennial maybe line for you. No, that came <laughs> long beforehand. Uh, you know, but but the, there's that that thing of like basically telling the truth means confronting the world like on its terms, right? Yeah, I'm fucked up. Like uh, personally, I've dealt with depression, um, and and you know, the 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 things of like your brain malfunctioning on you essentially. Right. And going, you know, and, and one of the things I've developed to work on it is almost like a checklist going, oh, okay, I feel like shit. Do, 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 go down the list. My life is amazing. Brain's malfunctioning again. <laughs> you know, it's almost like, like this disassociative state that I've trained mm-hmm. myself, you know, through therapy and, you know, what have you, um, to be able to look at it and go, oh, I'm having one of them. Okay. Well, I know. Go make sure I dial in the food, like nutrition, because I find, you know, if there's too much sugar, blah, 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 that can mess you up. Um, sleep, exercise, you know, like get all my ducks in a row. And then obviously being in a position where you go, if you get, you know, all the things that you have some control over, you approach. And if they don't work, then you, you're wise enough because you've been down the road a few times to go, okay, I need some help. You know, because... If you had a problem with your car, you'd, you wouldn't bat an eyelash if it taken to the mechanic. Well, if your body or your brain, you know, like some people get offended that I refer to it as malfunctioning. But, you know, if you're, the way I look at it is that, that if you have a, a super negative view uh, and, there, and there isn't a reason for it, then there's something, you know, like the inputs and the outputs aren't lining up. And I mean, that's certainly how it feels. Like, I'll say, like, it feels like my brain's just turned on me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, malfunctioning, I don't know. People can get upset about that, but it's definitely how it feels when you're in it. Yeah. Like, and, and it's that kind of thing where when you're first experiencing it, right? And, and it's the thing of, like, I think I'm going to die, right? Like, especially something like panic attacks. I've only had a couple in my life. Um, you know, like, anxiety disorders, not sort of, you know my corner of the mental disorders. <laughs> um, but, but it's one of those things where you, you run into, literally you think you might be having a heart attack or, or like, I can't breathe. And the whole world is caving in on you. And it, what, what's fascinating is that if you can be present enough to just work on your breathing, then the parasympathetic nervous system gets downgraded. And then it's like, all of a sudden, not that make that makes everything disappear, but but you control the breathing, and then so much of the anxiety drops. You know, it's a these are sort of just sort of like those fascinating stupid human tricks that I find. Yeah, uh, and I mean something I've learned: once you get to a panic attack, about all you can do that's helpful is breathe and slow your breathing, and like you said, calming, getting into that parasympathetic nervous system again. Yeah, you know. And in a sense, it's almost, this is advice for both of you. have panic attacks or you have a weed brownie that's a little too strong. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-purpose. Yeah, you just got to ride that shit out. 
don't do anything stupid, right? Just just write it out. <laughs> and I mean, interestingly, yeah. I found that that same advice that's helped me with panic attacks helps me when I'm freaking out and getting a weird headspace climbing too. Yeah. You know, I'll be up there, I start panicking, and it's like, okay, Breathe. start breathing. Well, and and it's it's fascinating how a lot of the 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 systems in our body are regulated. Like if you're your fight or flight response kicks in, right? If you you know, and slow it down, everything down regulate. It almost becomes one of those things where you have so many variables. Because there's studies that show like smells in nature, you know, upregulate certain things and downregulate other things. Um, there's a whole field that, that we just started like looking at of mm. grounding. Oh, yeah. Right? The whole th- idea that we're carrying a certain charge, uh, and normally it would be, you know, sort of balanced and equalized because we're in contact with the earth. Right, you're grounded, just like an electrical wire would be grounded. You know, lightning hits, it go grounds out. Um, but we walk around in insulated rubber shoes, right? So, so having, uh, you know, and there's been studies done with it. People that sleep on a grounding mat, and it, it's kind of fascinating because all they'll do is get some conductive uh, sheeting within the underneath their sheets. Um, and literally ground it like you would plugging a, a plug-in, right? Because that connects it to the ground. And the studies of it start to show uh, that when people do that, they actually get a uh, change in rhythm of their sleep. And just like a whole bunch of girls hanging out, the periods line up. Um, <laughs> what, what they ran into... Magic of the universe. Yeah. Well, what they ran into, and it's because the the electrical charge of the Earth changes as it rotates because when it's not getting sun, um, you know, overnight, the charge will change. So you actually see this ramping of the exchange of electrons between the people and the the grounding, essentially. And everybody syncs up time-wise, right? It's almost like a circadian rhythm, but actually, you know, so... There, there's all of these things as far as the being outside, the challenging ourselves, the getting exercise, the smells and you know phytonutrients that come from nature. Um, it really is kind of like a fascinating thing. I wish they, you know, people smarter than me would start to to uh, study it a bit more so that we sort of understood where all the different health benefits came. Um, you know, because we we sort of understand exercise fairly well. Um, to an extent, but all of this other stuff that why do we get so much when we spend all this time out in nature, right? And then if you spend, you know, like extended periods of time in a concrete jungle, like you feel like you're going fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. And it's getting worse because of access to to technology, right? Oh, yeah. You can be out in nature, but you're so connected that are you really out there? Are you present? Yeah, well, see tons the, of people walking around hiking outside, just taking pictures for Instagram, uh, right? Like, well, the the part that's good with that is that the people who take pictures for Instagram um, are steadily dying off because <laughs> they walking they off, fall cliffs, off cliffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So at least at least us climbers, if we're taking pictures of cool stuff, like we know how to set that shit up, <laughs> you know. 
Like we're not doing like the dumbass like oh walk back a little more walk back a little more walk back a little ah! fall in the Grand Canyon though like the guy did last year. <laughs> you know, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, how do you guys work it as far as uh, uh, you know if you want to call it that work life balance? Um, is it just a case where you work what you got to work because somebody else gives you those constraints and then you fit the adventures in wherever you can? Or is, is there sort of a more proactive way you're able to engineer that? For me, I work it in when I can. Generally weekends and mm-hmm. vacation. I have, I'm lucky to have four weeks of vacation that a lot of people don't have. So I try to plan the most um, climbing trips around time of the year that it's going to be good like climbing in kentucky or west virginia and, and plan my trips and my vacation time around that um weekend trips hiking climbing camping but you're so restricted when you have a job like i have that you can't just take off the best time when the weather's the greatest mm-hmm. and it feels horrible when you the next upcoming weekend is going to be rainy and miserable and you could have been up at Beaver Valley climbing on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, for example. It would have been nobody there. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's very much working around the time that I can get off to have the adventures that I want. Yeah. And how about you? Yeah, and I mean, I have more flexibility right now. Because you're a girl. Like, you can all touch your toes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, it's easier for me to say, lately I've been taking off on in the mornings and going and hiking on my own. And that's actually been nice. incredibly therapeutic. Nice. First time I did that in years, you just think to yourself, why, why haven't I been doing this since? You know, it's amazing. It, it, you feel like a child again in a way. Yeah. Especially when you have nothing in your ears and you're just kind of, you know, you notice all these things and it's so playful and fun. But I mean, in terms of taking trips, of course we have to work around Eric's schedule. So right now it's fitting it in when we can. I'm quite optimistic that won't be the case for our whole lives. We're both pretty adventurous. And I think I'm at least pretty dead set on creating a lifestyle for us that we can have that flexibility. Like I love to work hard. I want to work on something I care about, but I also want to live my life <laughs> back to that work-life balance. And uh, so I think we'll, we'll find a way to make it work. But yeah, right now, you know, you fit it in when you can. There's been times He'll get off work at about 3.30 or so, and we'll head to Rattlesnake and climb. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it's actually not that busy. So yeah. you only get in a little bit of time, but it's not busy. It's nice. You got headlamps. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just rig, rig up some, like, you know, you know, sort of fancy rigging. So you get, like, almost <laughs> studio lights, like they're shooting a movie there. You can climb. You know, they, it works. they close at nine and then they take your license plate number if your car's yeah, still in the parking that. lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we, we want the record. <laughs> yeah, I've actually run into that where you're getting out after dark and you actually have to go open the gate. <laughs> that was one of our early dates. And I remember being in the car, the passenger seat, being like, oh no, we're locked in here. I don't know him well enough. Like, how are we going to figure this out? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Romantic sunset on the cliff. Yeah. Um, what I think is really kind of cool, too, though, is that we have more people that are going, you know what? I don't want to be, you know, having a midlife crisis yeah. going, what did I do with my life? Because time flies. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Sure it does. And, and it, 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 basically, people are living more intentionally. Um, and that's one of those things where, uh, like, it gives me a lot of hope, right? 
because people are doing things for a reason, not because they're sort of in an automaton, you know, mode where it's like, I'm doing this because, you know, do, do this, is what everybody does, right? Like most of the time when you ask people like how they got where they are, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like they sleep. Well, yeah. Or if they did, it's because other people said that was a good opportunity. Yeah. But I loved what you said earlier, Lisa, about you're going back to doing things that you remember as a child or that are childlike. And, and I feel the same way. Um, I went back to hiking. Just don't go after. back so far that you poop your pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I went back to the things that I loved as a kid, which is just going back to the forest. And um, um, since we've actually started this podcast, um, as much as I was afraid to do it, I, I, I hadn't realized how rewarding it would be doing what you love, talking to cool people. And it's actually transferred back into my professional world, right? These skills, you know, even the lessons from rock climbing of going for it and facing your fears and becomes um, second nature to do new things in my business world. But it's, it's just so rewarding doing the things that you loved as a child and bringing that back into your life. Absolutely. And I mean, even conquering fears and doing those adventurous things that you're a little worried about, it's it can't not transfer over into your life. You gain this confidence. Yeah, I can get in these weird, crazy situations, but in the end of the day, like we figured it out. We got through it. And that has to spill over into your life. It's almost like an exposure therapy. The, the, the hard things in life aren't as heavy because it's like you've done scary things. You've done hard things. You've, you know, you, you've got a bit of like psychological conditioning, if you will. It's just like, it, almost in a sense, it, it, as trite as this might, sa- might sound, it's almost like working out. Like if you don't normally work out and you start working out, you're sore. But if you work out regularly, you don't get sore much. I mean, right? really, it's working out your brain. Yeah. You know, it is. Because all of that is basically how you perceive the world. Right. And if you're not conditioned to anything or you're not, you, you don't have a lot of experiences, everything is scary. Right. But then you run into the thing where you, you know, when you've, you've had a lot of different experiences. Then when you, when you do new things, you go, well, I did this and this and this. Well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> like that's almost like the, the little voice that plays in your head where it's not like there, there isn't a, uh, you know, trepidation or fear, but confronting fear is a skill like anything else. And when you, most people just never do it, right? So when you do it and you, you've, you know, won or lost, but you did it, then you do it again and then you do it again and you do it again. And then it's just like, oh, I know how to do this. That was like me falling off the rock today, although it was very low off the ground. And you fell on my head. I did. Really? <laughs> yeah. But, and he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, hey, you know. I slipped. But I'm like, <laughs> he's like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, well, I went for it. And, and at the end of the day, I didn't care. It was the first time I fell and I didn't care. Mm. And I didn't know I was going to fall. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why. I actually, that usually helps. First time, I didn't even know I was going to fall. And I just fell. And I fell right. But um, that was kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what's coming, those are the best falls. <laughs> Yeah, it was more just a thing where like I she... felt like I felt like a, a spider going to fly. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was the coolest feeling ever. You know. There was rope stretch. <laughs> but but I think a big part was what what I was surprised with is you pulled off the hard part and then fell on the easy part. Oh. You know that and the, listen, you know. So I just went, went you know what was up because I've run into that before. I made it through the crux and went. Oh, I've done it. Ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it's it's exposure therapy for sure. Yeah. 
And then, but that's the thing. It's like when you when you've done these different things, like because obviously you started climbing, you know, six years ago. You said, yeah. Uh, do you find that then when you get stressful things in other parts of your life, that you sort of go, yeah, I'll handle it. Like it's just more. I'm not not exactly stoic in a sense, but just the it it doesn't seem as overwhelming because you've, you've just got more tools in your toolbox to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. Or I just find that I'll just go rock climbing to get through the stress of, mm-hmm. of daily life. <laughs> Works two yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for me, rock climbing is the best stress relief I've ever found. Anything else I've ever tried is not even comparable to climbing. It's so focus intensive that it takes your mind off of everything that's going on in the world or at work or whatever. And it's just all of a sudden you have a clear head and you feel 100% better. Yeah. Well, because I, I think like the only two things that I've done that sort of fall into that are rock climbing and MMA. Yeah, I can see that that would be similar. Right? Because either way, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get Especially boulder. You're either going to get punched in the head or choked out if you, if you lose that presentness. Right? You're not thinking, oh, well, you know. You know, but, but yeah, like it is, it's like, it's almost like taking almost a cheater path to presentness, you know, um, if presentness, is that the right way to being present? Mm -hmm. Is that a better way to put it? (laughs) Being, you know, in (laughs) your true self and things, whatever. Uh, but, but, but that idea of being present, which is being in the moment, climbing kind of, you don't have to sit there and ohm and do any kind of weird meditation or anything. Get on the rock. Nothing else exists. Oh, right? it's totally a shortcut. I remember going through a really bad relationship in my life and I'd go climbing all the time and I'd stress about it on the ground, right, at the gym. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get on a climb, it's gone. It's yeah. like that is not a problem that exists in your world. And then you'd get down and you'd think about it again, but you jump back on a route. Yeah. And by the end, you've kind of worked some of it out of you. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a therapy. And I mean, especially for Eric, if he's getting all mopey or grumpy, I straight out say like, Go to the you know, gym. Yeah, go climbing. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets yeah. it. Well, because I, I think he, it's almost one of those things where I, I have this theory, right? And it, it, it'll it compete with like Freud and, and Jung um, is, uh, I call it the, uh, the, the front counter and the elves in the back, right? So people think they're, they're uh, in control of themselves, um, you know, when you have an idea, you think you thought it. And really, what you think of as you is just the front counter person, right, that the world deals with. It's like, uh, next, can I help you? <laughs> um, and what you, all of your processing is the elves in the back, right? They're doing all the work. And then it's like somebody asks you a question and you just sort of don't know how you came up with the answer, it, but it just popped up, but that's the elves giving it to you, right? Um and the more we can, you know, almost like integrate our elves with our front self, so we're like a complete human being <laughs> and have an idea. And we're talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, and have an idea of why we do the things we do and why. Because think about, you know, and this is just an interesting idea, but you have no control over what you like. Right, like think about that. Like, do you have free will if you have no idea or no control over what you like? Right, you just either like something or you don't. Right, you've never went this thing. I'm going to decide I like it. Right, mm. it, 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 we have no control over that. 
right? That's sort of like all the elves go on, you know, come up with a bunch of data and then put it out and go, these are the things. That other stuff, not so much, you know? Um, and I think we run into the thing where uh, when we do things like if people meditate, when we climb, um, when we get in the flow state, you know, that, mm-hmm. that athletes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. occasionally mm-hmm. do, it, it's almost a case where then we're integrating the front and the back, right? Because we're all as one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I find that, that, because you can't stay there, <laughs> but having those experiences there almost then uh, gets to the front and the back talking better, if that makes any sense. Um, because I find when you go through those periods where you're not doing things that get you in that state is when more things go wrong with the brain. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You know, uh, well, there's constantly that nagging, which I think is what creates the anxiety. Something's telling you something's not right. And you can't, and you can't, and you can't reconcile it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have all these feelings and I think those feelings are from the elves, right? Call it that. (laughs) (laughs) The elves. Your subconscious. <laughs> I, I just can't get over how me climbing Chapa Pond Slab, 850 feet the f- first time. It's funny. Me. Every time she says, she says how tall it is. <laughs> it's fucking it's, tall. It's 850 <laughs> feet. Not 49, not 51, but 50. <laughs> well, that's the qualifier. <laughs> it's a big fucking deal. And it took me like a day and a half of getting over that adrenaline. Seriously. And then the second time I did it, no sweat. Like You were sweaty a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and it's, it's a bit of work. <laughs> a bit of anxiety. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think that something completely shifted and it's going back to exposure therapy, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I totally, 100%, I think rock climbing is not only good for individuals, but teams, mm-hmm. I think. Well, because you got to be a team or else somebody's... Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about bouldering right now, actually. Oh, okay. Bouldering, I think it's From actually got... I think, I think bouldering's got a little bit more... Bouldering's way more social. Bouldering's got more problem solving, quite honestly, than I think a rope climbs do. There's always multiple ways to skin a cat. It's great teamwork. It's it, but you're conquering fears. You're always stronger than you think you are. It teaches mm-hmm. you to go for it. No, sometimes I think I'm really strong, and it turns out I'm not. Well, <laughs> that's you. I've been I've been doing I, it. I've been I doing it long keep... enough that I believe the hype, and then it's like turns out nope. I'm no, kind of a piece of shit today. I always keep way more in the tank than you know. Anyways, than I should. So anyways, I think that there's a lot of merit to rock climbing. And personally, I think that teams at work should do it. But although a lot of people are always afraid of falling and twisting an ankle. And Yeah, fear of heights and falling definitely is one. I mean, I know part of what we did was consulting. And that was not a common thing they did, but it was a team building activity that would be done sometimes, taking teams out, corporate teams, mm-hmm. and doing rock climbing together. And... I heard people would be very nervous about it at first, sure. but it ended up being a really useful team building exercise sure. for people. I mean, you're relying oh, totally. on other people. You're going totally. through fears together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's why you see um, units in military with such strong bonds. People are in the war and they're fighting to save their brother and sister than they are for the country, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think some of the best examples of showing human potential and performance is in the military, like that gentleman that you mentioned, and um, I forget his name, but the point Goggins. is... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all you need but, to know. But, it, you know, because they're facing challenges, right? And otherwise, people in everyday life don't. 
They don't have to. Well, that this is something that I've harped on for years, which is if you truly want, like in modern society now, you could never leave your comfort zone. Like you could get a like soul-sucking shitty job, but it pays the bills. You're not going to get fired. There's not too much stress. It's, you know, you're not striving for anything, but you, you know, and it's just, it's almost like you've seen movies like this, right? You know, when they do sort of before the character, that thing that happens to them that makes them have to be extraordinary, Mm -hmm. that mundane circle they're going in. It's just this cycle of do, 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 do. You know, each part of their day is just like this monotone kind of thing. And then something, you know, it's sort of a movie trope. Uh, but you could live that way. You could you could never do anything that gets you out of your comfort zone. And you would never have a clue what your potential is. Because you you basically as as human beings and we could use sort of like muscle metaphors or all these kinds of things, but you have to have a load put on you, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. And you, you you bear that load and it makes you stronger. So I just want to be clear, though. I don't think people should get up and quit their jobs after listening to this podcast. <laughs> I, I think you should. Fuck well, it. Life's well, too short. No, 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 but, no, but here, I think there's a transition, right? I think that if you can bear it, I think that you should, on the side, pick up the things that you're passionate about and start to engage in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of those things, those skills that you pick up, could translate into what you're doing to maybe be more outspoken to start positioning yourself for something different or as a transition or whatever, But right? But here's what I will say. Don't wait for everything to be perfect before you take action. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? Yeah. The one thing I regret, and I will say this on air, and I would have been afraid to say this on air before, was I've been in economic development all my life since early, late 90s. That's a long time. I never thought I'd be in economic development all my life. And I did it because it was a good job, right? And I always wanted to work in industry. Um, I do love what I do. I get to work with industry and I have a lot of flexibility doing it. But variety is really interesting as well. And um, if there's one thing that I regret, it's not having more of that variety, you know, as far as something completely That's different. why I like buffets. <laughs> like, yeah. Which yeah. is true, like totally, like sort of unrelated, but you know, mm-hmm. like like when I see if somebody brings out one good steak, it's like, eh. but somebody like a, like a whole bunch of things. Uh, well, yeah, well that's why I have this little <laughs> side buffet on the side. You know, it's this yeah. podcast, yeah, <laughs> which this is, is giving our, me a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. you know, and it's not even work. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk to people and we write shit and we take pictures. We do pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Setup. There we go. So I think that's going to be wrapping up this episode. Alyssa, Eric, thank you for being on the, on the show. Thank um, you. Do tell us if people want to follow your adventures. Where can they re- check you guys out? So the best place we have now with our van build, we're posting all of how we did it, our failures, our successes, nice and raw. And that is at stealthcampervans.com. We're also on Instagram as Stealth Camper Vans, but you can also follow me if you're interested, especially in the anxiety and adventure and using the outdoors and adventure to improve your mindset. Really, you can find me at Alyssa Outdoors on Instagram and Facebook. Super. We'll add that to the show notes. So there you go. And everybody, if you be so kind, if you like listening to the show, go on iTunes, give us a positive review. We like the five stars. 
because we want more people to listen to the show. And the more good reviews we get, then the more we get featured on app. You know how this shit works. It's like subscribing on YouTube and hitting the notification bell. We don't have that with podcasts. But, there you go. And uh, subscribe to our podcast and our website. Yeah. And go to livewildradio.com. Winston, what's your tagline? What do we do? <laughs> I'm asking you this time. You don't have to ask me. I wrote it. I know what it is. <laughs> I'm building some dramatic. How about you guys? How about what's our tagline? Do you know? Anybody? Something about getting dirty, I think. Yeah. Hey? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Bear check. Bear. Bear, bear. <laughs> That's right, dirty. ladies and gentlemen. Work hard. Play dirty. Bounce, chicka, bounce, bounce. Bye. Till next time. <laughs>